<laughs> a new edition of your Sheffield Steelers podcast. Plenty to get through today with Jonathan Fernley, but first we speak with head coach Aaron Fox. Aaron, three-one uh, down, but this team just is resilient, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I, I, I didn't like our game in the first. I didn't think our battle level was there. I didn't think we were, we were kind of trying to play one-man hockey a little bit, and we weren't on the same page. Um, but you know, come that second period when when we get dialed in and start rolling, we're a hard team to handle. Um, I think pressure is the key for us. If we continuously put teams under pressure offensively, we try to play fast. We try to put quick play for quick transition, and it it just ends up we just end up finding a way to to get that momentum rolling. And then when we do. Um, scoring bunches. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Is one of our great things that on any given night it can be any di- any given different player. That's nice when you have yeah. three lines of depth scoring like that. You know what I mean? We have, I think, arguably one of the most skilled guys in the league, and Michael Davies centering our presumably our third line. So it's any time that you have three lines that, like you said, can score on any given night and, and can carry a hockey team. I like your, your chances. We all love Tony Rebelli, um, but I think anybody who saw him last year would never have dreamed, A, he would score and play as he's playing this year, and B, he would score a goal like he scored tonight. That was sensational, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was, that was a special goal. He's had a few of those this yeah. year. Um, you know, he, he's a special character. Um, he's one of those guys, there's not many guys that, you know, give you what he gives you every single night. Um, the energy's there, the physicality's there. I didn't expect him to be in our lineup tonight. He showed up, you know, about 15 minutes earlier than normal, put his skate on, went out and for a quick wheel, um, said, "Yeah, I'm good to go." So you, you know, I, I kind of had my lineup built without him tonight, and he's just one of the, he's a warrior and gives you everything. Another guy like that, of course, is Jonathan Phillips, and that first goal, the five-on-three short-handed goal. You don't see too many no, of those. No, you don't see too many of those. Um, yeah, Jono's been excellent again for us tonight. Huge PK guy. He's played up up our lineup lately. I put him on our first line. I put him on our second line, and. You know, without fault, he gives me a good good effort every night as well. Okay, we were going to try and keep this secret for a couple of days, but I think uh, text up to the White House saying man of the match, Eric Melland, and then the uh, reception he received from his teammates as he left. He is leaving us, um, yep. but it's not just a square, straight decision as a, as a player goes as normal. Explain what's happened with uh, Eric. Yeah, well, I mean, we have Aaron Johnson and James Patower who are more or less healthy. Um, Aaron should be good to go on Wednesday, and then James should be healthy enough. Uh, on the weekend and he came to me yesterday and and he said that he knows that we're not going to carry three extra players when we're healthy and he was admitted into dental school in the fall um, he's been nursing shoulder wrists I haven't seen that that guy without an ice bag on him in, in two months now he's been you know the, the knee wrist and shoulder he's been nursing and he just he said he, he'd like to get ahead of the game a little bit there's some stuff he can do in the spring um, back home and rehab his body a little bit. The caveat in all this for me is is he'd be willing to jump on a plane if needed um, if we run into injury problems after the February 15th deadline. So we're going to keep him on our roster. Um, we're just going to allow him to go take care of some personal stuff at home, get healthy a little bit while we're healthy here, and, and then see what, what that brings us in the next two months. He's been so important to us, hasn't he, this season? Because you signed him, when you signed him, you made that special case that he could play in all positions, other than replacing Duba, he's played in all the, all positions, hasn't he? He's been... Yeah. How do you replace that? Well, again, we, we didn't have an option to replace that early on because we didn't have the bodies. But right now, we'd have three healthy players in the stands if we're fully healthy. Um, you know, it'll be two now with Eric leaving. 
And, you know, we got a guy like James Patower who played 20 games as a forward last year in the DEL, um, played in Straubing three years ago as a forward as well. So he can kind of bring some of the same qualities that Eric can as he's a, able to play forward if necessary. And, um, you know, a solid defenseman back there. So it, it, the swing guy will be now moved to James Patower, and, and then we'll still have some issues if we're fully healthy. You can tell what a team guy he was from the reception his teammates gave him at the end of the night. Yeah, I mean, he basically, literally, he came in yesterday and he says, I know you're going to have to fire somebody, so now you don't have to. I'm going to go take care of some business at home and take care of some stuff, and, you know, hopefully I don't need this job for next year, so it saves one of my friends and teammates, and what a guy. What a guy. Okay, we thank you for that. That's okay. uh, head coach Aaron Fox. Uh, Jonathan Fernley uh, is going to join me now. <laughs> Alex is very busy now, Heaven, uh, very speedily um, typing up the press release on uh, Eric Malland. I was supposed to go out Tuesday, but I think the team decision to make the decision. Um, where do you want to start? Should we start, uh, let's start with the game. Uh, don't see too many five-on-three shorthanders, and we got off to the perfect start that really should have set us on our way, but it didn't quite, did it? No, the Sealers didn't, well, as Aaron said, didn't really play especially well in the, uh, in the first period. Other than that, that five-on-three shorthanded goal. There wasn't, wasn't really an awful lot that the Steelers did especially well. Um, I said on the commentary that it's such a rare event. The last one I can remember the Steelers scoring was a game up in Whitley Bay. Jeff Leguie scored one against Newcastle December 2009. I remember that very clearly. Stranded in the snow on the way home. I can't remember one since. So if anyone knows of one, please let us know because yeah. they're hen's teeth, goals like those. Yeah. Um, and you thought, okay, that's it, we're off and running now, but Clan, uh, well, they've got Matthew Warren in front of the goal, so the power play is going to be a threat. Um, and they scored just as one expired, and then you think, wow, the Steelers will come back. But then the other one, straight afterwards... It nullified the building, didn't yeah, it, totally? it really did, and it, it was flat. And it needed something like that Eberly goal to give everybody a lift, to show, no, look, we are a good team, we are a skilled team, we can come back in this. And I think that just gave everybody a lift, because from that point onwards... Um, the team was basically irresistible and, and Clan didn't really have an answer. We were going to leave the Eric Mellon bit for a little bit later, but Eric's just uh, walked past us, just joined us. Uh, firstly, congratulations on the win, and I'm sorry to say, it could be your, your last win as hockey player, right? is that? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's not a good feeling, surely? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. It, uh, you know, it seemed like the right time I can go home and kind of rehab my body a little bit. Mm. and. You know, if they need me, we end up having three—I think—three extra imports right now. So if, if uh, we end up having some injury problems, there's a there's a chance I come back. I'm going to be skating every day uh, when I'm home. So, so we'll see. You know, as of right now, though, this is this is my last game. It's a little bit sad, yeah. Yeah, the team gave you an incredible send-off, didn't they? You got young Oscar and Daddy has come down here to say goodbye to you as well. Uh, it's oh, you're going to get 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 the hug off. We all love an Oscar hug. Um, but it shows how important you are in the in the dressing room and, and how much your teammates appreciated what you've done. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I think most of my teammates would describe me as a bit weird, but uh, I try to get some laughs whenever I can. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm going to miss them probably more than they're going to miss me. You know, I kind of after this year, I'm going to have to join the real world. You know, and work. It's a terrible place. Trust me, from uh, a couple of guys who are in it here, it's be, not a good place. Be busy from yeah. eight to five. So we'll. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit sad. It hasn't sunk in too much right now, but uh, yeah, it's about all. Even though we hadn't said anything, I think the crowd pretty much caught on to what was going on, and they gave you a tremendous reception at the end for that, Eddie. Yeah, I have to imagine they were pretty confused what was yeah. going on. Uh, but, 
Well, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was just, yeah. They'll Can figure we, it out. It sounds like you guys are going to release, yeah. yeah, well, this, yeah. this, this I podcast think, yeah, at least. I think, yeah, and I think he's going out already. Peter yeah. Radio Sheffield saying it's already gone. So uh, you've enjoyed your time, though. It, 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 it's been something you've enjoyed? Yeah, I've played seven seven years in seven different countries. I'm actually, I have this <laughs> tattoo on my arm. I'm adding England to it now because uh, this is my seventh country I've been in, and I would, I would say this is my favorite year so far. You know, maybe... Uh, Maybe I'm nostalgic, of course, but I, I, it's been a really fun year. A lot of great players, great guys, and, yeah, I'm going to miss them. Okay. We'll see you for the Final Four. Danny, you should come back for the Final Four, shouldn't I? Yeah. You should come back for the Final Four. Yeah. Tony will pay the bill, don't worry. <laughs> Eric, thank you very much for uh, everything. Brilliant, appreciate Cheers, guys. Cheers, In you. fact, while he's down here, let's just grab the old one-armed soldier himself uh, just whilst we're going. How's it, how's it going? How's yeah. it all happening? Not great. Slow at the moment, frustrating. I keep seeing these tweets. You're not phoning me, but I keep seeing these tweets. Infection, what's that yeah, all about? Yeah, infection at the moment. i got to go back to see the yeah. specialist tomorrow again to see if we can get it sorted. But frustrating at the minute. Very, very slow and... Frustrating to watch hockey. But they say that the operation went well, is that right? Yeah, is that all yeah, knitting yeah, back Yeah, in? the op- operation went well, but the, the wound and everything's not healed and it's gotten infected and it doesn't seem to be clearing up at the minute. So it's lots of trips back and forth to the hospital and, yeah, not what you want to be doing. You may not be a, a great watcher from the stands when you're injured, but offensive showings like that and another seven goals must make it a little bit easier oh absolutely when seeing the boys winning stuff like that, there's nothing worse than seeing obviously a team lose so at the minute every time i've been coming to the rink they've been they've been winning games so it makes it a little easier to watch okay you son, you take care of yourself you. oscar's causing havoc and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll move on not and just the seven goals tonight but an open goal missed by Deluca, an open goal missed by Tronsinski, and a shot off the post. That Tronsinski one, and then he held his head in his hands after he missed, and he realised it was a three-on-one. Yeah, three on one the other way, because he wasn't back in left defence. Yeah, but again, just you see the Steelers' goal-scoring stats compared to the rest of the league. You know, goals per game, Steelers are a top, and then you've got Glasgow who were fourth. You know, potentially they're nearer to bottom of the standings than they are to Sheffield in terms of goal scoring. Not just the best offensive output, but clearly the best offensive output. But this is, we're now embarking on arguably the biggest week of the Steelers season so far. First leg of the cup semi-final, followed by Cardiff away and Belfast at home. Did you think at any point, sticking on this game for a second, at any point we were in trouble tonight? I did, I'll be honest. At 3-1, yeah. I thought, these buildings, well, was, we're, we're flat, and if we go 4-1, this is, a bigger, this is a big mountain. I just went into the dressing room. Michael Davies goes, were you nervous? I went, I was a bit, Michael, at 3-1. He goes, the feeling on the bench was that this team was going to run over. Yeah, I, just before we, uh, we started the interview with, with Aaron Fox, I said, I'm not sure this going 2-0 down trick is going to work every week. Maybe against Glasgow and Nottingham, but mm. I don't want to do that next weekend. Cardiff, Belfast, no. No, um... But the Steelers have a gear that most other teams in the league don't. And if when, when everyone starts to click, there's an intensity line after line. It's relentless. And that's why the Steelers, you know, we say scoring bunches, it keeps happening. And, you know, they don't get bored of scoring either. There's no sense of, OK, 5-3 up, we'll just see yeah. this game out. No, let's go and get more. Let's, again, send Tronsinski into the rush again. Let's keep going. Let's score more and more and more and outscore the world. And... For the most part, it's worked so far this season, but it doesn't look like it's going to slow down. It's just, can we stick another seven in in a big game? Yeah. Let's talk Eric Mellon for a second, because he's mm. going to be uh, sadly missed. I found out 
just before the start of the game tonight, uh, Aaron called me in and, and gave me all the scenarios. And it seems it was pretty much his decision that, listen, the body's bad. I'm not going to be playing next year. I'm a very bright bloke. I'm going to be a dentist. I'm going to dentistry school. There's things I've got to do. And I don't want to see one of my teammates gets fired and there's going to be three extra bodies. So, hey, this is what we're going to do. And, I mean, a noble, uh, you know, a noble sword to fall on. But he's going to be missed here, isn't he? He certainly is, yeah. And it's... Uh... He's become a very popular player very, very quickly. You know, he's only been here for, you know, what, five, six months. But uh, he's got so many, uh, so many fans and, uh, and well-wishers that he's, uh, he's going to be really, really missed by the, uh, by the fans. And I just think that in every game, whenever we needed him to switch between one and the other, he did it without missing a beat. Mm-hmm. He didn't sort of notice. And then he's, he's playing as a defenceman, but penalty killing as a forward. The versatility to be able to shift between not just forward and defence, but left defence, right defence, and then he's centering a line and taking face-offs, then he's playing on the wing. That sort of versatility doesn't come around very often. I would suggest, in fact, that Alex is our version on the podcast of the Eric Mellon because he's frantically typing there doing more work than he should be uh, sorting mm. out the old pressure the old Eric Mellon release has taken us all a bit by surprise Eric. yeah it has and I think I was hearing you guys talk about it there the way the way things ended tonight and yeah, just listened to his interview with Peter Spencer in there and talking about DeLuca trying to set him up get him in the wheelhouse on the power play at the end there just to get him that last goal but it wasn't to be and he said it surprised him the kind of reception he got but I think we've seen throughout the year what a vital yeah. piece to the puzzle he's been because I don't really think anybody expected it when the signing got announced. But yeah. When he and comes out of that thing, can you grab him? I'm just looking the old Steelers TV and you'll do that. We're going to go for a quick stroll. Let's see if we can find anybody else. Alex yeah. is going to sort Eric out for the Melland team. into defence was... Ja- not- James, James joins us. James. We good. Understand, we're, we're good. You're live on the Steelers podcast. We understand about a week away. Is that right for you? Uh, yeah, home? back any day now. Great. Yeah, everything feels good. Good, good. It's been horrible watching, but if you're going to watch any team, you might as well watch this Steelers one right now. It's very exciting, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Quick, fast-paced action, lots of goals. It's fun for any fan. Yeah. Eric leaving, that's going to be sad because he was a, he was a popular member of this team. Yeah, great guy. Going to go get his career after hockey started. So, uh, yeah, wish him all the best. Have you, have you been on the ice yet much in the last week or two, or is, is it... Is it basically just this week ahead uh i've been on the ice with the team the last two practices and then this morning so yeah i feel good my wrist felt hundreds hundred times better today than it did on uh thursday so right okay we look we look forward to seeing you out in the lineup that's james matavi he'll be uh very well the value of eric melland if he was available next year you would sign him as a defenseman and you would sign him as a forward because he's shown he's good enough as both. We've had players who've played both over the years, but I wouldn't say you'd sign Rod Saric as a full-time forward. But he could play there, yeah. but he wasn't a forward. Melland can play both to a top six D level and a top two line forward level, yeah. no question. He was. You touched on it earlier, busy week ahead for us, going mm. to uh, Glasgow. Can we beat? Can we continue to just like turn up and beat Glasgow the way we're beating them at the moment? Or is, you know... <laughs> They're going to get sick and tired of this eventually, aren't they? And you just don't want it to be on Wednesday, do you? As always in the first leg, you don't need to win the first leg um, because the Steelers feel they can score any number of goals that they need to win in any home game. Um, you know, and against Glasgow this season, 
you know, from 4-0 down, came storming back to, to get that one close. Then five just before Christmas, seven tonight. If the Steelers do have a bad night and lose by two or three, the tie is far from over. Yeah. But, again, the Steelers have so many goals. If they get a reasonable defensive night from, from Duba and, and the rest of the squad, they should score enough goals to keep any game close, even if they, they don't actually ultimately win it. Um, you're always concerned about a long road trip. You know, the TV cameras are going to be there and the eyes of uh, the hockey world are going to be on us, but the Steelers have got a winning habit in that building. They've won the last two trips. I don't think they'll be uh, too fearful of uh, visit up there. He just saw as he turned right, not left. But Lucas Sandstrom, he's, he's oh, such a bad I like him. Yeah, he's, like uh, him. You know, he's really... Yeah, really developed uh, with the sort of intensity that he's playing with. I just felt he was a little bit on the periphery of things in his sort of first month or so with the club. But I see him taking more, more responsibility now and being the player to drive the team forward. And, you know, he'll take a risk in possession. Yeah, I'm going to try and beat this guy one-on-one. I'm going to try and dangle past him. And it's, it's starting to come off now as well. And uh, the, the impact that he's had on the second power play unit as well He's been an integral part of that, and you think, well, really? I'm not sure. When you first saw him on the second power play unit, you were thinking, is, is, is he the right player to be there? But I wouldn't move him off it now. No, you wouldn't. No, no. Right, we put a tweet out. What else you want to see on the podcast? And somebody says the, uh, the suggestion to you was something that had happened this weekend in, in years gone by. Uh, and, uh, being you, Jonathan, you'll, you'll have a string of them, I'm sure. So, uh, 12th of January has not been a great day in Steelers history. Um, we lost 7-1 at home to Cardiff, our biggest ever home defeat to the Devils. And we also lost last year on this day uh, 6-3 to Dundee, the only time Dundee have ever won here uh, as an elite league team. So, big defeat to Cardiff. Uh, we also lost 6-1 to Belfast on I'm this day. I'm glad you day, know why so, that 6-3, uh, that reminds me Dundee. Didn't we go up there the night after and we got beat 6-1 got as beat well? Beat 6-1, yeah. So, Pasha uh, finally beat the Steelers at the first time of asking, then turned it, uh, sorry, at the 27th time of asking. And then made it two in a row the next night. That was, I'd have fired uh, the coach on Monday morning. That was. I would have. I would. Have, I mean, I have to be honest with you. I actually made that call. I actually put that call in and said, "It can't continue like this. It can't continue it was, like this." And it was, uh, a very, it was, it was a very horrible, in a horrible week. In a season of low points, that, that was might about have been as low rock as bottom. Them. Yeah. yeah. We, we kept sort of thinking we'd hit rock bottom, and then a few weeks later, another rock bottom arrived. As we look back on it now, that probably was as bad as it gets. When you look back, last year was just a horrible year. End, wasn't it? It was just... Uh, but yeah, and, and, and we were at such a low point that this year was always going to be better, but it's probably superseding expectations. It gave the team the opportunity it needed to just clear house with all the imports. And, you know, sometimes teams do that because players move on. The Steelers chose to move on. And, uh, you know, whatever happens in the remaining... You know, three months of the season. It's been uh, terrifically entertaining so far. Will it end in titles and trophies? Well, we don't know yet, but we wanted the Steelers to be in contention. We said at the start of our very first podcast, what do we want? We want us to be in the title race. We are. We're right in the thick of it. You've just done uh, Eric Melland. We spoke to him a little bit earlier. He's... Uh... I almost, uh, I think he won't admit it, but I think there might have been a little bit of a tear in the corner of the left eye at one yeah, point. He's, he's very emotional, and so DeLuca got very emotional as well at the end there. But He's he, a softy DeLuca, though, isn't he? He's a big softy in that sense. But I think it kind of shows to you what kind of personality Eric has. I mean, the times he's come up to the office, I've seen some of the things he's, let's say, produced for the locker room this year in videos. I know he's got some player cards coming out. Um, 
but he is. He described himself as being quite quirky and he's, he's a terrific guy to have around and the guys in there, I think, showed at the end of the game the worth that he's had to this bunch. So. I was going to say, uh, what's social media saying? Let's start off, that, did they pick up pretty quickly? The, the yeah, got? I think they picked up the minute he kind of got the man on the Carried match. off. <laughs> yeah, and he, was, and he was carried off. But again, it's the reception he got, he said he was overwhelmed by that. And then he's, he also said it's the best place he's played for that mm. kind of fan reaction and fan engagement. He says he's seen nothing like it before. So, You know, the, the, the crowd tonight... We've got to say something about those clan fans. Relentless. All game. Absolutely superb. I think there was one point we noticed, because we weren't being deafened in our ears, oh, the drumming stopped. Oh, then play restarted and it carried up again. Absolutely superb, given they had not a lot to cheer about from the moment they scored the third goal to the end of the game. I would, I would suggest, Jonathan, that Alex won't have quite the same opinion of you because he's been responding to a lot of social media because... There was obviously some incident, wasn't there, with the drums? I don't know what it was, but they moved from bottom to top, I think. Uh, have, the, have the Glasgow drums caused us some bit of concern? They have a little bit, and I don't necessarily know the full story, but in short and You simple, never have to know the full story no, in, in British Isles, like just, just a bit of it, yeah. although, yeah. There was a, a, I know of a few people that had, had complained about things, these stories about illnesses and whatever with the people that um, had mentioned the drummers, so I believe they were asked if they could move to the back of the block um, in the upper tier, much like Rock the Block have been for years for, for that kind of... I don't know whether it's that kind of effect they want, just to almost keep them out of the way, but keep them involved at the same time. But credit to them. They, they are a racket, but they're a very good racket. Yes, yeah, ice hockey should be a noisy sport, and they, they added to the atmosphere. They're always great at playoff final weekend, even though the team is... You know, hasn't been there often as they should have been. Um, they're a great, uh, great fan base, and I thought they really contributed to the occasion tonight. What else is social media saying tonight? It's just a, a lot of upset people, really. Nobody saw this coming. I found out minutes before. Well, we all did. Tonight. I think we all yeah. did. We all found out. In fact, I, I was outside flogging my tickets when the owner turned up, and Sean comes out, and Sean and I are telling Tony, and he didn't even, you know, it's it's, it's things that just happen. They must be happy though, the fans tonight. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're really happy. And you mentioned it when Aaron walked past earlier. It's the we score in bunches and we do. And this team he is... gives me that line every, on the bus, or if I say to him, Aaron, send me a couple of paragraphs. We score in bunches. And then I noticed the interview you did with him the other day. Scoring bunches. It's his, uh, but we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's great. And I find this side so enjoyable to watch because you can almost expect something to happen. And we kind of lacked that last year. It was, when is it going to happen last year? But now it's just a matter of time of, of it happening. Do you know what's just happened? Jonathan's opened his book, so he's got something interesting to tell us. No, I just, wanted to, like I just wanted to check what goal it was. It was the eighth, uh, sorry, the uh, ninth goal of the night, the one that made it 6-3, Valoran's 5-on-3 power play goal. Brocklehurst got an assist for the pass he played initially. But the oh, dummy, the dummy, the fake slap shot through the legs that Killeen has to move for yeah. just in case he actually does hit it. And by the time he's reset, Valorant shots flying over his shoulder. Yeah. I thought that was a really clever piece of five on three power play using that extra, yeah. well, one of the extra players is the decoy. Aaron, we're just talking about the player of the night, the Brocklehurst dummy. You know where you are. That was a. What, I mean, you don't see that those drawn up like that very often. That was. Oh, you're not taking credit for it. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's that's a Michael Davies special right there. He he drew that up for the boys and worked it to perfection. Yeah.
was uh, we were just saying that was probably that the player of the uh, player of the night. <laughs> yes, it was a good one. Hey, we're talking about that as a player of the night. When uh, we mentioned it to uh, Aaron earlier, we all I think are Eberly fans, right? We all like Eberly. Yeah. Eberly is the closest thing we have to old school, and we love old school. Thomas walks past us. I don't think we're going to get a word. <laughs> He's got the kids with him. Um, but Eberly's the closest thing we've got to somebody what we would call an old school player. And as much as we love him, I don't think one of us thought he had that goal. You know, after last year, certainly. But what a, what a player he has become this year and what an important cog in the Steelers' wheel. Well, I thought we noticed significantly when he left the game on Friday that there was no Tanner Eberly on the ice. We kind of liked that jump that we know he can mm. give, whether the it energy, is in a goal. It? Yeah, and he does, he just, he buzzes around the ice. He's that annoying noise in your ear that you just can't get rid of. And he, he sticks to people, he sticks to players, he can get under the skin. But this season, he's proved that he can also score big goals. And more often than not, they're really big goals as well. Yeah, if you hit the shirt number and said, who's making these moves? You're saying, oh, that, that'd be Lenchigoff, who's got the hands to deke inside and outside. and and go around a goal and you wouldn't put Eberly at the top of that list thinking you know what development he's shown and it's just a confidence thing it seems like because in last year's team there was only DeLuca playing with any confidence towards the end of the season and we saw what an impact he had um, and it seems that Eberly has got that uh, got that good feeling right now and you know long may it continue just a quick one sorry before while you're answering that just have a quick look on your phone see what the other scores are from around the league because they were they were developing a few minutes ago sorry going back to the, the player then I thought Ben's interception on the was it the last goal yeah. the diving poke check was a very good play otherwise it was a two on one and I guess the game was probably already done by then but still a, a tremendous bit of play to, to get down and get his stick in the passing lane, I thought. Okay. I thought O'Connor had a really strong game tonight. Um, struggling for signal down here at the moment. I think the last I saw it, um, it was Guildford 2, Belfast 1, 5-1, one, Manchester 2, and I think it was 3-0 and 3-1 uh, Cardiff Dundee. Dundee have got one back, but it was 3-0. So we all turn our attention to Wednesday night. Oh, elsewhere, Nottingham 1, Nemen Grodno 3, but that's a dead rubber now. Excellent. The Danish side of... Good. Uh, so they one, can't go through. One earlier than... No, so, the, uh, so they're not going to the Champions however, League. However, Sonder, however Lovely. it's pronounced... Uh, so they're not moving forward? No. They, no, they've, they've played 3-3 three and three and now they're coming home. Excellent. Good. I hope they have a slow trip back on the ferry. Um, Wednesday, though, is the Challenge Cup semi-final. And uh, it's a trophy and we're three games away from winning it and two games away from the final. And it's the first game in what could prove to be a massive week in the Steelers season as well it's the long trip to Glasgow and then it's back for a game in Cardiff and a game here against Belfast and it could be the start of an extremely successful season you never know it's three huge games what would you settle for out of those three then David well, you'd take three out of four as long as you didn't lose the one to Glasgow by a humongous amount but uh, mm. I think uh, I honestly think and you know my views that I've, I think Cardiff are going are gonna to win it because of the points that perhaps we've dropped earlier on. But if we have a chance of winning this league title, we have to win in Cardiff on Saturday. I, I, I just can't see how we can... I just can't mathematically... You're the maths genius, Jonathan. I just can't mathematically see how we can drag those many points back unless they, well, fall, off the, unless they fall off the cliff if we go... We're sort of thinking, well, Cardiff are three behind, four in hand. Five now, isn't it? Five. five it's so a minus five yeah. now, if, if they win their games in hand. Yeah, but you say, OK, well, they might get above us, 
last game of the season here at the arena, Sheffield against Cardiff. We don't need to stay above them, we just need to stay within two of them. So yeah, if Cardiff go past us and are two points ahead of us going into that final weekend, I'd take that right now. Because oh, it gives us a I chance would, to win the title on I the would, final day. I would, I would jump if that, if that was a minus two figure on that last weekend of the year. It'll just be intriguing. But, he, but it's minus five now, and if they were to win on Saturday, it'd be minus seven. Yeah. And it's how you pull minus seven back against mm. Cardiff. They don't lose too many games. We keep thinking that, but then they lose 4-1 in Manchester, and they lose 5-0 at home to Coventry, and they haven't closed the gap. All this time, we've had, you know, those... Uh, you know, the, the, been top of the league and Cardiff have had the games in hand. You know, we've lost in Manchester and we've lost in Belfast a couple of times. We've dropped a point at home to Nottingham. And the gap hasn't closed. No. We keep waiting for them to outperform us. But I, so I've there's seen, an assumption I've, they'll win these games I've in seen hand. The Steelers I agree, win. I think they yeah. will, but... I've, I've been lucky enough, I've seen the Steelers win in Cardiff in that new building. I've seen them win lots of times in Cardiff. But I've never seen Sheffield dominate Cardiff as much as they dominated them the last time they played there. Mm. And we lost. And yeah. it was as well as I've seen the Steelers playing Cardiff in, in, a, in a long, long time. And I feel it's just got to be a victory on, on Saturday. So I think that's the one game we can't afford to slip up on. Would Here's you, one for would you. you. Would you take, would take, you take, being, take not, would you take being knocked out of the Challenge Cup if I guaranteed you the four league points next weekend? No. Mm. No. Even Dean Woolley, the photographer, is going now on that one. No. <laughs> no, I genuinely think we've got a terrific chance of winning mm. that Challenge Cup. I really And it's do. a trophy, and, trophy. and our club yeah. needs yeah. a trophy, don't they? Yeah. No, we're saying that, oh, can we catch Cardiff over the remaining, what, 17 or 18 games we've got left? I'm sure we can beat them in one game in a yeah. final, or Nottingham in one game in a you final. You know what? I fancy it. So I, I, I against anybody, I fancy us in a one in one game. I, I fancy that, do you? Yeah. yeah. If Definitely. our offence clicks, we'll win. If our offence clicks, we will win. Because nobody can outscore the Steelers so if the offence turns up they'll win but last time in Cardiff didn't score enough didn't score enough are we done are we anything else to report website match report done yep Mellon press release done just about oh, lovely skin right okay we're all good until uh, next time against the Belfast Giants you've been listening to the Sheffield Steelers podcast good night folks